Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Säg vi välkomna till en ett avsnitt av Rock Bottom. God morgon, god morgon. Hör fåglar sjunga glatt. God morgon, god morgon i kör. Tänk om någon lyssnar på kvällen då. God kväll, god kväll, god kväll. <laughs> <laughs> ja, vi ska prata om Sweden Rock Festival 2018. Där vi var och intervjuade en massa band. Bland annat ett band som ligger mig väldigt varmt om hjärtat. Som jag har följt sedan... Jag var en liten, liten, liten trollunge. Girlschool. Girlschool. Alltså det var ju ett fantastiskt band. Som, är? Ja, är också. Men jag måste ju säga att, att jag har inte hört riktigt vad de gör nu. Men när de kom, och det var tjejer, det här var ju egentligen... Brittiskt hårdokband, ja. tjejband. Och det är all female band som har hållit ihop längst. De existerar alltså fortfarande. Och har alla medlemmar utom en är originalmedlem och att den inte är min beror på att hon har gått bort helt enkelt. Ja, och det kan vi inte göra så mycket åt. Det är lite grann som Runaways. Det är svårt att återskapa originalet där som sen är mm. borta. Och just Runaways var ju ett favoritband för mig. Oh, eh, band Och sen kom Girl School. Och det, det som skilde Runaways och Girl School, det var flera saker som skilde dem åt. Men en, en central grej var ju att de här tjejerna i Girl School var ju skitfula. Medan tjejerna i Runaways var jättesöta. Men de rockade ju mycket hårdare än Runaways. De var ju, de var ju kaxigare och grymmare som, som, som rockstjärnor egentligen. Men de var inte speciellt snygga. Det kan vi inte påstå. De var lite grann en kvinnlig motsvarighet i Motorhead. Och de var ja. inte vackraste i världen heller. Och de är ju ganska tight kopplade till Motorhead. Ja, de gjorde ju en platta ihop. Mm. Uh, St. Valentine's Day Massacre heter det EP som de gjorde mm. tillsammans. Och hon som nu uh, har skrivit in jag tror inte Jacqueline, den som då är, tjejen som inte är... Som inte är död. Uh, ja, precis, som inte är original med den. Hon är då uh, en gammal frekvent till Lemmy. Dessutom, så alla hänger liksom ihop och de ja, brukar hänga på samma pubbar och i samma studio och så har ju jobbat ihop också. Mm. Mm. Första mötet med dem, det var om det var 80 eller 81 de var i Sverige. Men då jobbade jag med närradiostationen Heavy Metal Heaven. Ja. Och då drog vi ut med våran bandspelare på den tiden som, som alltså riktiga kassettband. Och, och gjorde en intervju med dem som vi sände i, i närradion då. Som, och det var jättekul att ha, ha det där. Jag har faktiskt kvar autografer 
på sån här Heavy Metal Heavens eh, brevpapper. Oh. Där de har skrivit så här, to, to Andy har de skrivit. För att jag kallar mig, under mycket kort period så tänkte jag att de kan inte uttala Anders på engelska. Så att jag var Andy. Så du hade ett artist. Hur <laughs> fan var du pinsam. <laughs> ja, inte nog med Andy. Tegner var också Andy Tanner. <laughs> Hi, I'm Andy Tanner. <laughs> men, men jag gav upp det ganska fort, så det var en väldigt, väldigt kort period. Detta ska jag aldrig glömma. <laughs> men jag har några, några eh, skivor med autografer från de här tidiga banden som, som jag inte gjorde. Där det står To Andy. Men, Andy Tanner. Andy Tanner. <laughs> och de var en, ett av dem. Men roliga tjejer. Man kunde ju ja. dra snuska skämt utan att de ramlade baklänges. Ja, det var jättekul. För mig var det verkligen jätteroligt att få träffa dem. Och glädjande att då Kim som vi pratade med. Hon hade ju full koll på vem jag var också. Så ja, jag blev ju lite starstruck där plötsligt. <laughs> ja. Ja. Så vi ska lyssna på Girls School. Bland annat i det här avsnittet från Swing Rock Festival 2018. Varsågod. Welcome to Rock Bottom. Ah, This thank you. This is Sweden's biggest rock podcast. Welcome. Well, girl school, welcome. And uh, I've been a fan for you for so long. Uh, I just have to say, my favorite album is uh, Scream of the Murder. Oh, excellent. Yeah. excellent. With Wildlife being my favorite track. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You started out, now is it 40 years ago? Yes, man? this is actually our foot. I can't believe I'm saying this. I really can't, but 40 years. Yes, that's it's quite frightening, really. <laughs> but it's true. But have you been going continuously or did you break up and reform? Uh, no, we didn't actually ever break up. Um, but we it was a few years, obviously, where we weren't doing a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and But the thing is, because we're all mates, Uh, we didn't ever really stop seeing each other. Mm-hmm. So you've been so hanging out. It was a bit like, yeah, yeah, we were all still hanging out. So it was a bit like when something would be offered, like a gig would be offered, we go, well, why not? We, we're hanging out in a pub anyway. Yeah. You know, we might as well <laughs> might. get paid for it. Yeah. <laughs> How do you stay together as a band for so long? Oh, God I mean, knows. It's I don't, yeah, I know it's frightening. Longer than any marriage. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the weirdest thing, of course, is when we all started out, because we were young, obviously, when yeah. we started out. Uh, we were all. I remember one particular time. This is obviously when our lovely Kelly was still alive. Mm-hmm. Um, we were all saying, "I know when we're all 40, which of course then seemed like you know so old, <laughs> didn't it? When we're all when we all reach 40, no matter where in the world we all are, let's all arrange to meet up somewhere. Yeah. You know, <laughs> little did we know that we, you know we still <laughs> bloody see each other anyway. You know. You work with a lot of famous people, but yeah. of course, Motorhead comes to mind. Yeah, yeah. How did that happen? Uh, well, basically, what happened was um, this: we started off in the days of punk, when anybody could get up and do anything, mm-hmm. basically. And a lot of people then were actually even starting off their own record companies. Yeah. And a friend of ours, um, he started his own record company, and he'd put a single out with a band called UK Subs, who were great mates of mm-hmm. ours. And uh, he just asked us if we wanted to do one. Of course, that's every band's dream, isn't it? You know, when you start out, yeah. your dream is to actually make a record. And how long have you been together as a band then? Well, it's quite a few years. Uh-huh. Um, like playing small Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we did actually have and... an agent and he used to send us off all over the bloody Europe. You know, we'd mm-hmm. go off and up with my poor mum and dad. We'd nick their van <laughs> and we used to, off we used to go bang on the gear in the back, you know, sleep on top of the gear and... You know, those are the good old days, you know. Um, so, yeah, we had been gigging around 
quite a, quite a while. But of course, the you know the opportunity to actually make an album. Of course, we thought it was going to be so glamorous and amazing. Oh yeah, we're going to go in the recording studio. You know. <laughs> yeah. Next thing, there we are in some dingy basement in Soho, you know, for an afternoon, and um, and we recorded our first single, "Take It All Away." Mm-hmm. And funny enough, as we were coming, as we were blinking into the daylight out of this dingy basement, <laughs> at the top of the stairs was John Peel. Uh-huh. And uh, we just got chatting to him, and he actually played the single on his show. And at the time, Motorhead, this little band called Motorhead, were looking for a support band for mm-hmm. their first major British tour, the Overkill tour. And uh, they heard about us. And of course, Lemmy being Lemmy and Motorhead being Motorhead, saw an all-girl band. Mm-hmm. And um, and so next thing we know, um, Lemmy came to meet us at a rehearsal to see if we could actually play, you know, obviously, because <laughs> obviously girls couldn't possibly play, you know. And uh, and he invited us on the tour, and that was it. The rest is that history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were pioneers in, in as females in metal. What advice would you give uh, young girls starting out today? Because I mean, there there are more and more. Girls oh, there are now. Yeah, the weirdest thing was when we first started and had obviously quite a lot of success in the early days. We were expecting loads of other girl bands mm-hmm. to follow, but they didn't. It's actually it changed. It's taken now forty years. It's taken forty years. You know, it's a bit slow. So, um, I basically. I mean, there's some good girl bands. Obviously, Crucified Barbara were, were fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Barbecue Barbies, we love in mm-hmm. Finland. Um, I mean, so, basically, if you if you love what you're doing, just keep at it and not expect everything to be glamorous. Oh, exactly, exactly, because <laughs> it isn't. No, no. it isn't. You, you don't have to maybe get to do your makeup. In yeah, exactly. Yeah, we are now. Yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, yeah. <laughs> From watching you. I haven't seen you here because you're playing later today yeah, here at yeah. Sweden Rock Festival. But from watching you some clips or uh, recent clips on YouTube, I have to ask, where do you pull all that energy from? Uh, Still, well, that's a good question. I don't know because obviously we um, we haven't slept of very well very much last night because we had to get up at God knows what time this morning or mm-hmm. four o'clock this morning to get the plane mm-hmm. to get in in time, you know. Yeah. So I don't know what's going to happen this afternoon. We might actually just all fall over this afternoon, but we'll see. But I don't know. I suppose once you get up there and if the sound's really great and it's got to be loud and do you that, still that feed good. off the energy from exactly. the audience? Exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can feel it if it if it's going well. Then obviously, is it, it still as back. exciting as 40 years ago? Do you still get well, to say hi? Yeah, every time I find every time different still. So yes, yeah, so that mm-hmm. makes it exciting. You never know really what's going to happen. You know. Keep your fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What is the hardest part of being on the road? Um, the boredom sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know. I mean, you know as well. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> There's a famous quote, isn't there, from Charlie Watts from the Stones. Yeah. He said that they've been together 40 years or so. He said, yeah, 25 years have been waiting or yeah. something. Oh, something stupid like that. I mean, and the travelling. Yeah. You're just, you know, miles and miles and miles. It's a bit boring. You don't really get to see But, anything. Yeah, exactly. People go, even now, my friends, and they, you know, I've known for years. They, I see what I'm going to Sweden. Oh, that, oh that's brilliant. Isn't it? I'm going to blah. I, I go, I won't see anything. I'll just see a bloody inside of a... A plane or whatever, a train, <laughs> then a bus, and then a dressing room, and then back to the hotel, and then off again. Yeah. But you know, sometimes you are lucky that you're in a place for a certain. You get time. a day off, and you, yeah, and you can when, go around. when you're not super tired. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> On a festival like this, one can't help thinking about what will it be in, say, 15 years or so, when probably Aussie and and Kiss and mm. and the, I mean, the really ginormous bands have retired. Yeah. Who do you think will 
you know, fill their shoes. Well, I've, I, you know, I really don't know because I think about that as well because I'm not sure. There are some obviously great young bands coming up, mm -hmm. but it's very difficult to see. But then I'm probably biased as well because I come from that era. Yeah. So I still love all those sort of bands. Yeah. You know, and, and that's why it was particularly hard now because obviously we lost the last of the original Motorhead, mm -hmm. you know, Eddie, who was a great mate. And, uh, and that was a real shock. And, you know, they've all gone now. And so um, actually, I, I don't, I really can't ask the question because I haven't got a clue. It's, they're going to be very missed, all these big bands. Yeah. Yeah. If you could put together your own festival, the Girls Gone Festival, uh -huh. what the, would the lineup be? And you, you, can, you can use bands that are still here uh, and bands from the past. Well, my favorite band of all time is Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Um, so them, I suppose, of course, David Bowie again was just my hero from, you know, from oh. way back. Oh, he was just When did genius. you start listening to him? Like Well, I, I, when I was young, you yeah. know, in my teens, yeah. yeah. But I, even from Space Oddity, uh -huh. I was absolutely, yeah. Um, oh, Rainbow, love them. What lineup would Rainbow, would you be, pick that? Well, it's different, difficult because I liked Graham Bonnet's time. I loved yeah. it when Cozy was in them, yeah. with them as well. Oh, yeah. And uh, and obviously Richie Blackmore was, mm -hmm. was a great hero. Um, and we were actually lucky enough to be invited when they uh, reformed Deep Purple for the first time mm. with the original lineup because we played with them in Rainbow and he really liked the band and he invited us on that tour. So that was great. great. Um, gosh, so many bands. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Motorhead, of course. They oh, come cool. back. They come back. Yeah. <laughs> What is the difference between promoting like a tour or an album now, as for say in the 80s? I mean, every, everything has changed. Yes. The way uh, you yeah, sell yeah, music, yeah, yeah, the way yeah, you yeah, promote yeah. music. Yeah. I'm, I'm really pleased actually that we had our time when we did because it was great to have an actual record company, to have, to have it how it was. I mean, I'm, I'm totally useless at computers and all that stuff anyway. I'm, I'm just not tech savvy at all, whatever. So God knows if we tried now, we wouldn't get anywhere, you know. <laughs> but uh, it is completely different. A lot of young bands are doing very well now, but I li really like the old-fashioned way, yeah. you know. Of, of With somebody doing else doing it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you've got your management company, you've got your record company, and you've got this and you've got that. And, um, yeah, they, they were great days, so... But you know, it's, it's it has, and of course, it it will change. It will change like that. No. You know? But I, I must admit, it's changed pretty quickly. We you wouldn't have thought it would be so different now. No. You know? I mean, the the good thing I think is, in a way, you get closer to your fans because they mm. can interact with you yeah, on yeah, social yeah, media. Yeah, 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 of course. But on the other hand, I find it it's to to like get exposed to new music. Yeah. You have to search it out for yourself. It's yeah, not yeah, like you turn on the true. radio and you hear a great song. Oh, what's yeah, yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or going to a record store or whatever. Yeah. So I think. It's but yeah, it's good to get things like podcasts and things yeah. like that, yeah. which you didn't used to have in the old days. Yeah. <laughs> Who would you say is the average girl school fan? Well, again, that's difficult. Is there one? Now, but there isn't one because now we're getting sort of young youngsters. Yeah. And we're still getting like the old oldies, like with us as well. But sometimes and with they're young bringing fans, their kids along. Do you along. mean like the young hot guys? Well, yeah, 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 yeah. We've got yeah quite a few uh, sort of young young. Well, I say youngsters like 20, 20 or twenty five yeah. odd. You know, we still think they're, they're babies. Aren't yeah. They? So. <laughs> And also the ones that have been your following since day yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the, it seems like there are like three generations of, of yeah. metalheads yeah, yeah, yeah. here at Swindon Rock Festival. So what's in the pipeline for Girls' School for the rest of the year? Um, well, basically we've got quite a few festivals. We're doing some gigs with Rose Tattoo. Um, we've, we've got quite a few things coming up. 
got a DVD coming out finally. We keep mm-hmm. talking about this DVD, but we're actually putting on. We're, we're trying to do it to cover the whole of the 40 years, so you can <gasps> with live performances. Yeah, with before and and on footage or... from all the lineups from day one. Cool. So we've just when been doing a bit more film. Out, you know? Well, it was supposed to be the end of the year, but they're now talking because it's everything takes so much longer these days, especially with us because we're so hopeless. <laughs> <laughs> but um, they're now talking probably the beginning of next year because they're now they're now eking out the 40th year to next April because actually we got together in April oh okay so, so they're now doing it April to April so it gives us another few months next year to actually okay. still be celebrating <laughs> 40 years so yeah so when do we get to hear the next Girls School album because it's been it's yeah. three years since oh, you've seen it's possible we might be doing an EP but as for an oh. album at the moment we haven't really got time really now so uh but um, I'm running out of things to write about as well. I don't know how these other bands do it, you know, because after how <laughs> many I've even lost count of the albums we've done. So uh, yeah, we used to write a lot about getting drunk and falling over. Because I mean, that's what we did a lot. But now we've actually don't do that so much anymore. So what was so, you write about today? <laughs> exactly, I don't know. But, yeah. Well, we've written things like on, like on the Legacy album. We had a song called "I Spy," all about surveillance and cameras mm-hmm. and things. Which amazingly, Ronnie James Dio actually sang. He actually sang the whole song on it. Yeah, that was incredible. Um, so yeah, we still find things to write about. You know. Like the young dudes in the audience. Well, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. We might have to change that. Yeah, yeah. Last question. It's, it's one that we always ask our guests here on Rock Bottom. It's the cringe song. It's a song, that, a cheesy song that you really love. It could be like a cheesy commercial oh. or something from a childhood, but that your fans would go. Really? Oh, she likes sick. that. Oh, so, what is your cringe song? Oh God! I wish you'd ask me because I, I got. Well, let's have a look. What do I dance around to? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> After the fourth <laughs> yeah, yeah, glass yeah, yeah, of wine. Yeah, exactly. On a Friday night off. Oh me, <laughs> There's loads of them. There's loads of them. But I, I can't even think of one straight off now. Let me think. Let me think. Well, I still. I, it's not really a cringe song, but um, I love T-Rex, Children of the Revolution. That always gets it's me going. It's a really good it's song. A, and it's so heavy as well, so it's yeah. not really a cringe song, but I mean, yeah. that would always get me going. Definitely. Yeah. Well, thank you so yeah, much. Thank you. Best of luck with everything. Yeah, cheers. <laughs> thank you. Cheers, you lot. Welcome to Rock Bottom. Thank you so much. Uh, you just played Sweden Rock Festival. Yes. And what was it like? You had a huge crowd. I must say, it was so early in the day, and still you had a huge crowd. Yeah, we started the day at the at the stage today, and it was like it was amazing. I was surprised. I never expect anything before we go on stage. I'm always kind of just concentrating on the performance and and trying to my trying to get my head together and. So it was really great to see how many people came up and and they were ready to party. Absolutely. Well, you have a big following, obviously. But when you started out as a band, what were your early influences in music? Um, My early influences, for example, Janis Joplin is one of my biggest female idols. Mm -hmm. Um, And also... Before rock music, I listened to all kinds of music, and I also I have actually done different kind of genres before Battle Beast, such as, for example, soul, blues, jazz, funk, yeah. everything else but uh, heavy metal. Mm-hmm. And and when I got in Battle Beast, 
Uh, that was the first time I sang heavy metal ever. So how did they find you? How did they know about you if you wasn't in this sort of metal community? They, they found me through YouTube. <laughs> really? Yes. Amazing. They saw, uh, saw this video of me singing Janis Joplin on my acoustic gig. Mm -hmm. And then they called me and asked if I wanted to join the band. And the funny thing was that I had only two weeks before I had heard about the band mm -hmm. and I really loved the, uh, the, the music and the singer, the style, how how the singer sang and I was very excited uh, that they actually asked, asked me to join. Yeah, so what was it like to go from the more bluesy kind like Janis Joplin and then into heavy metal? Uh, well, actually, it, it kind of felt natural because I was in that phase at that moment when they called me that I had already tried everything else, hard rock music and, and blues rock and everything, and I knew that I have so much to give as, a, as an entertainer and a singer, and I just wanted a new challenge, and when they called me I knew that this is my fate to, mm -hmm. to continue on this path. And, because I had already, I've been listening to heavy metal music since I was 15 years old. So I was like, now I can use all those influences that that I've been listening to, you know, Iron Maiden and, and, and Ronnie James Dio and Judas Priest, whatever, you know. So I could use these uh, influences now in the right place. Mm -hmm. So it was uh, kind of, it was amazing. It was really great and I have never um, had a doubt after I got in the band. So what did you bring to the band, except for your fantastic voice and stage appearance, of course? I mean, what, what kind of change took place in the band when you came in there, musically? Did well, you... well, of course, we always try to develop all the time. Because you're not a musician if you don't develop yourself, <laughs> and you don't have the drive to. So we we always have the drive to develop ourselves as musicians. But I think, uh, of course, what I brought was that I I brought, of course, my voice, mm -hmm. and I want to mix all those different genres that has helped me uh, in my voice, like soul music or blues, rock, whatever, and and combine it with the heavy metal style and and also have the clean and the kind of masculine yeah but you have quite an voice. amazing range i must say <laughs> thank you thank you and that's the thing that i really love to play with my own voice and and this band is the way that i can deliver everything that i have ever dreamed as a singer and also as a performer because i really want to not just to be some kind of a, rock star and mm -hmm. like that. but actually uh, my my style as a performer uh, in my looks is that I really want to look more more like um, some fantasy character than uh, you know I don't want to look normal <laughs> I have to say you have the longest lashes I've seen in yes, my life that's my you know your the brand. Silver lashes. <laughs> amazing yeah <laughs> I love your video for King for a Day. What was the story behind that? Everybody has to check that out on YouTube, by the way. It's a yes. great video. King for a Day uh, is a. It's about. If I try to be short with this explanation, is it's about someone having um, the power, but not the, not the mind. 
<laughs> well, I'm sort of thinking about the precedent <laughs> comes to mind, but let's not get yeah, into but that. <laughs> let's not, because it's it's really it's it, it has been written long ago and um, long before that, oh. and it's also like you know you can relate to that. Anyone can relate to that if you have an asshole boss at yeah. a job or or your parents are mm-hmm. asshole or whatever yeah. you know that that uh, someone has the power but doesn't have the heart um, so it's like um, you can anyone can relate to that but it's it was really fun to do the music video because we actually had our fans Uh, including oh. included to that How? Uh, we were having the the scenes where we are on the stage yeah. and there is the crowd so we actually asked um, our real fans to join the the set Perfect. so it was so great we had like four hour uh, four hours playing King for a day and they, <laughs> they still had the fist up and it was so great well it's us metalheads that's what yeah, yeah. And, and the fans could get get to see the band and talk to them and also like uh, see the set and kind of get into the world of uh, how musicians do their video and, and some people were like this is the best day of my life so that was really great to give that experience also to our fans you have used your power with compassion <laughs> compared to not exactly what the video is yes. about right yeah but it's it's funny because also because the song is called King for a Day so people take it also positively mm-hmm. the, the song yeah. so when when I've had these private shows uh, maybe some, like uh, at, the, at a birthday party for example mm-hmm. pe- people have asked that if I could play King for a Day for the for the birthday <laughs> person because yes. it's like King for a Day so it's also like people don't necessarily have to take uh, all the lyrics so seriously. No. You can use that song in, in so many different situations. That's just great. Your last two albums, and that's Bringer of Pain and, and Savior, right? They were both number one in Finland. Yes. I mean, what's going on with a metal scene in Finland? I mean, it's just, <laughs> not only do you bring out a lot of internationally acclaimed bands, but you also have like a big national following, a lot of you. What's the secret behind that? Something in the water? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but, uh, I don't know, we, like a uh, Finnish heavy metal, It's it, it's been since, like, Since 90s, it's been like uh, internationally known uh, as as the heavy metal country, mm-hmm. and, and it's a good thing for us. For example, the bands who are from from 2000 and and so on. So, and we, I don't know. Nowadays, you have to be kind of aware what are the musical trends, also, but still. Uh, keep very loyal to your own music and that that when I was saying about the develop mm-hmm. developing the music is that we of course we combine the old stuff and the modern stuff and and the the thing is that we need to do the best music that we can and just hope that people also love it and, but it's I think it's a good meter If you if you do a song and you really like it yourself and the band 
the other bandmates like it, mm -hmm. then you are on to something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Always go with your gut feeling. Have yes. you started work on a new album yet? Or? Yes, yes, we are working on it. We are doing it while we are doing these festivals. So how is that gonna differ from from um, an Old Savior, for example? Well, we have totally different songwriters this time. Uh, we had the previous songwriter uh, kicked out from the band to 2015. So now the whole band is uh, participating and, and writing music. That's and great. So Bringer of Pain was, was for example, mostly written by our uh, brothers in our band, Jona and Janne, mm -hmm. our uh, guitar and guitar player. Um, but we had also songs from the whole band, from the other guitar player and bass player. So it was, uh, you know. So that was like Bring Your Pain was the first like real collaboration. Yes, for the whole band. that was like a band made. So you're taking that a step further on your next yes. album. Yes, definitely. That's very exciting. Lastly, we have this question that we ask all our guests. It's the cringe song. It's a song that it's not very cool but that you love in secret but that you normally wouldn't tell in an interview but this is rock bottom we start from the bottom and then we're digging ourselves down mm. so the cringe song could be like a cheesy commercial or something you loved in your childhood um but that your fans would go what <laughs> well my first idol was whitney houston so i would love to say that uh, her version of I Will Always Love You. That is a great song. It's not much cringe, but it's a great song. <laughs> yes, but that was the first thing that came up to my mind. Because there was actually someone commenting when I told in some interview that, okay, Winnie Houston was my first idol ever. And then was then someone uh, had commented on that, like, what a shitty idol. I'm like, what? What are you saying? <laughs> yeah, so, but you can't please everyone. I know. Of course not. Thank you so much. And best Thank of you, luck. Man. And I will get to see you live at Southern Open Air. Yes, Yay! great. See you there. Thank you. Thank you. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome, Baroness. Thank you. Rock Bottom Podcast, the Swedish biggest rock podcast. All right. Yeah. I'm very excited. <laughs> We're sitting here backstage at Sweden Rock Festival. And you're playing later tonight? We are playing later tonight, I think, yeah. 8 or 9 p.m. Yeah? Yeah. So, have you ever played here before, or is it the first time? No, I think this first time at this festival. Last year we played... You've been in Sweden before. Yeah, what's yeah. the festival in, in Bra- Bra- Bravala? Bravala, yes. Bravala. Yeah, yeah. Is that the name of the, of the town or the festival? It's the name of the place where the festival that's is held. Where, that's where we played last year. <laughs> yeah. That was really, that was really fun. So I obviously haven't seen you here yet, but but I'm, I mean I managed to see some gigs on, on YouTube and so mm-hmm, on. Mm-hmm. And I have to ask you, where do you pull all that energy from on stage? Because it's quite a performance. Red no, <laughs> no, we're just we're just you know fucking just love playing music. Yeah, and we just it have, shows. <laughs> we just have a nice time on stage, and you know I, I've been doing this forever, and I always still feel. You know, fortunate to just be able to go on stage and play drums and have people go crazy, and that's mm-hmm. awesome. So it makes me, you know, makes me happy every night. So when did you know you wanted to become a musician? Was there ever it plan was kind B? of no? Yeah, there was. It was kind of accidental. I mean, playing drums was accidental. I was living over. I was I was living in Argentina, where I'm from originally, mm-hmm. and I was the kid that spoke English the best in my class. So I was recruited to be like the the, sing, the singer in this band we were making when we were all the kids, uh-huh. and the drummer would never show up for a rehearsal. So I would sit at the drums and play while we waited for the drummer. Uh-huh. And just and then one day we were like, maybe you should just be the drummer. You're, oh. You can do this. So you, like, did, you did an opposite day role. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I just started, and then uh, and then the and then yeah. I mean, I was I went to college. I even started graduate school. But my other band I was in started doing well and selling records and going on tour and I said, fuck it, mm-hmm. let's do this instead, you know? <laughs> it was a no-brainer. <laughs> yeah. So what did you listen to growing up? What kind of influences did well, you have? Well, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the oldest in the band, so I mean, in the 80s, you know, I just loved, you know, I mean, first of all, a lot of pop music like The Cure and The Police, or mm-hmm. early 80s, stuff like that. The, the, the heavy stuff I liked in the 80s, I really liked Manowar in the late 80s. <laughs> he said with a laugh. <laughs> I, I mean, and... Um, if you love Manowar, you have to check out the band Heavy Load tonight. Okay. So that's a Swedish equivalent to Manowar. Heavy Load? Yeah. Okay. I'll check it yeah, out. Yeah, you have to see them. I love that shit. And then, I mean, a lot of, I mean, a lot of, I mean, then of course all the, all the punk stuff and the post-punk stuff and, and then... Oh, and then, then when I came back to America, I got into a, I moved to Washington D.C. and I got into the D.C. hardcore scene like Fugazi and Bad Brains and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So more like of, like skatepunk, grindcore stuff. More, well, just like in in that case, it was D.C. hardcore, which is mm-hmm. a little different, I guess. But 
you know, very like political and all that. But um, so a lot, of, a lot of different things. And then the band that I played in for a long time was a post rock band. Mm -hmm. So we were influenced a lot by kraut rock and stuff like that. And I mean, craft work, whatever. I just a lot of as long as I think most genres of music have five really good examples of that you should be influenced by. As long as it's good, it's good. Right. There's, there's <laughs> exactly, and. I'm not saying you should like everything, but I'm saying you can like three or four different kinds of music, you know? Like, So, so yeah, I mean, I, Baroness is maybe the, the first sort of dedicated hard rock band that is a hard rock band or mm -hmm. almost a metal band. And I've always wanted to do that. So I'm kind of excited. So how come you ended up playing with Baroness? Because uh, they had their accident, it was maybe six, yeah, 2012. Six years ago, yeah. yeah. And Alan, the other drummer, he didn't want to tour anymore. And John knew of my previous band called Trans Am. And he was a fan. And we had friends in common. And he was like, asked some friends, hey, some drummers that I that was friends with, should we maybe ask Seb from Trans Am? And they were like, yeah. And then I got John's phone number and we talked on the phone for about two hours. And then I learned five songs and went down to Philly and played with Pete and John and... So your first album was Purple? First album was Purple, yeah. Yeah. I mean, how did they ever manage to pull that together after the accident? And I mean, it, the, the crazy thing to me is that John called me maybe five months after, or I called him, I don't remember. We talked five months after the accident. Mm -hmm. That's And he was fucked up physically. Still? He's, I mean, he still always will be. Yeah. His left arm is a little bit fucked mm -hmm. up. So, so yeah, so... Um, yeah, so that's amazing that they recovered so fast from that, you know. And then, and then you know, learning to write with two new members, I think, took a little... Took, it took some time for us to figure it out, yeah. the process. We figured out that if it's all four of us in the room, it's just too many opinions. Okay. So we do it in, in groups, you know. But everybody contributes. Every contributes, but John, he is like the... Everything goes through John, mm -hmm. right? He's like the principal songwriter, so... I will, I'll, I live in New York, right? So this, this is happened for both Purple and the album we're working on now. I'll, I'll record 10 different beats I think are cool on the drums, different things I've come up with, and John will pick three or four that he likes and start writing riffs or chords over those beats. And then I meet him and then we refine it and then he's, you know, and then he works, it's, it's always John and somebody else. So it's pretty organic. Even if you're uh, not in the same room, <laughs> it is it is it is organic. No, but but we, we do eventually get in the same room, definitely. And then and then John has a he has a home studio at home. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> he has a home studio away from home. <laughs> uh, he has a home studio, and so he you know he tries out you know eighty five different guitar parts you mm -hmm. know and, and ditches eighty four. <laughs> yes, no, he's he's very detail oriented, which is cool. So yeah, so it's it's a combination of organic in the room together, also sending each other recordings. We do that too, you know, save our files. So it's a combination of that of those things. Who is the typical Baroness fan? Who is the typical Baroness fan? I think that's a hard question because I think it's changed over time. I think it's changed. Why is that? Well, because Baroness you was kind of came from, from, even though the music wasn't punk rock, it, the, the scene was more of a punk scene, you know, like just the DIY kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It was basement shows and stuff like that. So those were the first fans, you know? Yeah. And then I think when Blue came out, I think they, see, 
because I wasn't, I didn't play on blue, I say they. <laughs> when blue came out, you Baroness, can still have an opinion. <laughs> I know, no, no, I, 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 I believe me. That's when they, that's when they got like a good amount of sort of like more mainstream hipster attention, mm -hmm. you know. And then with yellow and green, maybe a little bit even more. And so now, it's, it's you know, it's a who's the who's the Baroness fan? It's somebody who's maybe thirty years old lives in the city, is a graphic designer, and likes heavy music. <laughs> and grows a beard, and drinks, a beer. drinks very expensive organic coffee. Yes, and, <laughs> and has black t-shirts. <laughs> well, we'll narrow it down to that then. Being on a festival like this, uh, I mean, you see the headliners, they're getting on. <laughs> they're like in their 60s, 70s. Yeah, wow, yeah. And, and I mean, sooner or later, they're going to retire. Yeah. And. I can't really see somebody taking taking their place. I mean, there are no humongous bands such as like Kiss, ACDC, Guns N' Roses. I mean, yeah. there are a lot of like. Really I mean, the big the, bands, the big bands now that are in sort of their prime would be like mm -hmm. Foo Fighters or Queens of the Stone Age. Yeah. Bands like that. I don't. I think. I mean. You think it's gonna change? I love those guys, but I, I think you're right. I don't think they. I think bands like ACDC has such a huge influence on mainstream culture. Yeah. And we're so... I, th I don't think those guys have had that kind of impact. So I don't know... I love them. Sorry, guys. I'm not talking shit here. I'm just saying... I just I just think it's a, it's a generational thing. Yeah. I think that rock music isn't as dominating as it was in the 70s and 80s, you know? I think a lot of young people listen to things that are not rock music. Mm -hmm. So where do you see the festivals in, in say 15 years? I'm, I'm, I th I'm just kind of surprised. I think that these festivals, which are, this this one seems like a hard rock heavy metal festival. Mm -hmm. That maybe is is workable in Sweden or in Scandinavia. I don't know. I don't know if a big festival like that in America could work. Mm -hmm. There are there are small smaller metal yeah. fests, but like a big one. Professor Such as like Ozfest ten years ago. Yeah, that's true. The, yeah, I just yeah, I don't know. I I feel like the the more sort of general music fest is maybe more where things are going to. Heavy metal is like folk music in Sweden. It's, I, yeah, it's I, huge. Yeah, 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 I believe it. I believe it. I don't think I've seen a more metal group of people ever than today walking oh. around. Everybody, <laughs> every single person <laughs> looks like a heavy metal Viking. <laughs> I heard there's a new album in the making, is that true? There is a new album in the making, yes. Can you tell me something about it, please? I can tell you that we are... that the drums are done. What? Good for you, then! <laughs> so I'm going on vacation this summer. What? Yay! Um, yeah, no, we're we're in the process. Um, there's still some lyrics that have to be written. Do you have a working title? I do, but I'm not going to tell you what it is. Okay, then. That's a secret. So, release date? Release date is not. I mean, that this year, next that is year. that is even a mystery to me. I'll be honest with you. I I was, we were aiming for one time, and now I think it's being pushed back a little bit. So we'll see. And then the label is aiming, and then the management is aiming, yes. and so on. And then John has to finish the artwork. Oh, of course. So there's all these things that go into it, mm -hmm. and then you know you want to release it at a time that makes sense. Of course. You know, like so. So yeah, there's a lot of variables, so I can't I can't go into it. But it will be out. It will be out. That we know. Sooner, I mean, it, no, we we're, we're like I said, the, the so, sooner more than later. The, the the meat of the songs are all written. 
Uh-huh. You know, the bass and drums are done. Most Have of you curated the album and picked the songs? No. No? no. But, um, but yeah, so yeah, we're, we're, we're on our way. We're on our way. Well, good. Very exciting to hear. Last, we have this question that we ask all our guests on this podcast. It's called The Cringe Song. A okay. song that is really cheesy. That I love. That you love, but that you There's normally would never tell. Okay, you ready for a really, really, really cheesy one? Okay, I'm bracing myself. This is really, really <laughs> hard. This is, I'm going real cringe here. Turn Up the Radio by Autograph. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a cringe song, if any. Yeah, that's Pretty, pretty cheesy. Yeah, I think you're getting the Cringe Song Award. Yeah. <laughs> for, for the rock but come on, okay. it's pretty good for you know. Like, well, like we said, if it's good, getting it's pumped good. up. You know. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. You're and best of luck. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome to Rockbottom, Martin Forsman. Tack så mycket, Erika. Som är vice vd och bokningsansvarig på Sweden Rock Festival. Just det. Om man skulle ge våra lyssnare lite bakgrund till det här med Sweden Rock. Hur började det hela? Det började i Olofström 1992. Mm. Ingolf hette han som Just hade varit på festival i Danmark och tyckte att där fanns det festivaler som inte var för 19-åringar utan för kanske en aning en äldre publik och man ja. kunde gå runt med en öl i handen på hela festivalområdet och lyssna på gammal rock. Han tyckte att sånt måste vi ha i Sverige också. Så ja. han drog igång en festival i närheten av där han bodde. Ja. Och hur kom du in i bilden och där? Jag blev inblandad i ett litet fanzine som heter Bright Eyes Metal Magazine mm. runt 99. Och sen gick Sweden Rock i putten år 2000 och fick en ny ägare 2001. Och den här nya ägaren, Micke hette han, han frågade oss på Brightest om vi ville byta, byta namn på vår tidning till Sweden Rock Magazine. Och det tyckte vi att Amerikan var kul. Ja, så så var det. På den vägen är det. För du och jag har ju själv en bakgrund, du är ju musiker. Tvara, det är ju din bakgrund. Du har ditt band och allt. Äh, ja, jag äger en bas i alla fall. Ja. Ja. <laughs> Men det var alltså inte på den vägen som musiker du kom in nej, hela? Nej, bara som eh, hobbyjournalist. Hur är dagsformen nu då så här? Vi är på sluttampen av Sweden Rock 2018. Hur, hur har allting gått? Det har gått fruktansvärt bra alltså. Det är ganska mycket förändringar till år. Eh, mer på folk. vilket sätt? Ja, men det är mer folk och det kräver vissa uppgraderingar och nya lösningar. Och sen så har vi ändrat på en del annat produktionstekniskt bakom kulisserna. Sådär. Som till exempel? Så, eh, ja men det är nya vägar, produktionsvägar. Ja, entréerna är nya, nya... Uh, rutiner för hur vi sköter artisterna och catering och allt möjligt. Mm. Så det var väldigt mycket som vi var lite så här fundersamma på hur det ska funka när allting är utbytt sen sist. Men det har flutit jävligt bra. Att det kunde vara lite barnsjukdomar. Verkligen, verkligen. Alltså vi måste ju säga att det finns ingenstans som det är så fruktansvärt trevlig personal. Överallt. Från vakter till catering till de som är pressansvariga. Alla är supertrevliga och hur mycket tålamod som helst. Och allting flyter. Och skulle något bli försenat, vilket vi faktiskt sällan är här, så ordnar man det ändå. Alltså hur lyckas ni med det? Hur får ni tag i alla de här fantastiska människorna? Ja, det är ju väldigt kul att höra det. Vi försöker ju verkligen att få folk att jobba på det sättet. Vi vill ju ta emot alla som kommer hit med en positiv och glad attityd för att ja. då blir det ju trevligare både för oss och för de som kommer att vara här och jobba. Mm. Så det är kul att du säger det. Men sen tror jag också det har att göra med att 
vi har hållit på rätt länge och det är ganska mycket samma personal som kommer in och jobbar från år till år. Mm. Och folk har lärt sig hur det funkar så att eh, eftersom allting flyter rätt bra, det är inte något kaos, Nej. så eh, håller sig folk på gott och mörd tror jag. Hur, ja, du är ju bokningsansvarig då som mm. sagt. Hur gör ni när ni väljer band? Har, vem har något veto? Eh, ja, vi har en bokningsgrupp då, det är jag och två till. Eh, Ingolf som nämnde innan och eh, Johannes. Eh, vi sitter och har eh, bokningsmöten, sitter och diskuterar både egna idéer och sånt som har kommit till oss då från agenter och andra. Eh. Mm. Hur många förslag får ni för liksom propositions från agenter? Jag tror att det är ungefär 50-50 med egna idéer och saker som kommer eh, till oss om vi ser till det som faktiskt blir bokat sen. Och om man ser till, till rena siffror, hur många är det som hör av sig säger vi vill spela? Från hur många? Ja. Eh, är det hundratals alltså, eller tusentals? Det är nog ungefär tio om dagen i snitt. Hela så året? Så det är tre, ja, vad blir det? Tre och ett Lite drygt, ja. Ja, ja. ja där ja. <laughs> det är ju ganska bra. Om du, hur lång tid innan måste man till exempel boka headline-akterna? Ja, det är lite olika, men generellt får man ju vara ute väldigt, i väldigt god tid. Ja. Eh, nu har vi ingenting bekräftat till 19, men vi har ju tre stora bud ute. Okej. Okay. Plus ytterligare 5-6 stycken. Vad, hur, tror du att det blir när de här giganterna, ja men Ossi och vi säger Maiden och så vidare, när de har pensionerat sig, mm. nu är de ju bara i 60-årsåldern, men så småningom gör de det. Att det är en god återväxt inom hårdocken, det vet vi ju redan. Mm. Men just de här riktiga superdinosaurerna. Vem fyller deras skor då? Hur kommer det se ut? Ja, om jag tar fram spåkulan här och gör ja. mitt bästa så är min teori är att det inte kommer se ut riktigt som det gör nu. Att man har ett, två eller kanske tre band överst på en festivalaffisch och att det är de få namnen som ska sälja biljetterna. Jag tror att man kommer gå mot att man kanske har 10-15 akter mm. högst upp som inte är Iron Maiden stora men som kanske är precis snäppet under. Så att det blir fler headliners kan man säga. Ja, jag, ja, det är vad jag tror i alla fall. Ja. Så andra tror att det finns vissa av de här som är strax under nu som kommer ta ett steg upp. Som vi har eh, sett till exempel Fung faktiskt göra. Verkligen, ja. absolut. Men jag tror, jag, min teori är att det blir fler men, men inte riktigt lika jättestora. Har du något band som är sådär en drömbokning och som publiken har tjatat om som ni inte har haft än? Alltså ni har haft typ alla. Men finns det någon? Varje gång jag får den här frågan så säger jag alltid Led Zeppelin. Okej. Okay. Originalsättningen. Ju, man hade litet, litet, litet hopp om att det kanske teoretiskt sett skulle kunna vara möjligt där någon gång kring eh, O2-återföreningen 2007. Men nu känns det ju rätt avlägset igen så att det kommer ju inte hända. Hur kom det sig att Sweden Rock Festival gick ihop med konsertgiganten Live Nation? Det finns flera skäl till det. Ett är att livebranschen generellt utvecklar sig mot att det läggs blockbud från eh, framförallt Scorpio, AEG och Live Nation. Och vad innebär ett blockbud? Det är att eh, låt säga att ett stort band då bestämmer sig för att ah, vi ska åka till Europa 2020. Mm. Vi ska göra 20 spelningar där innan vi åker till Nordamerika. Då läggs det ett blockbud från någon av de här stora drakarna på att man köper upp alla de här 20 datumen. Man gör dealen från början och säger att okej, okay, vi köper 20 spelningar 
för de här pengarna. Ja. Sen i andra läget går man ut till sina underavdelningar i de olika länderna och säger Ja, nu har vi det här bandet bokat för 20 gig. Vilka är intresserade? Och så kan vi här i Sverige sitta och säga att ja, men det skulle vara kul med ett gig här hos oss. Mm. Och vi vill ju vara med på det tåget. För att sitter man som oberoende så får man ju inte ens veta att det här är på gång. Okay. Så att nu är vi med i matchen på det. Så det här ger er ännu fler öppningar? Exakt. Är det, något, det är ju något som publiken inte vet om men Nej. de kommer att märka av <laughs> mer och ja, mer. Jag tror framförallt att man kanske hade märkt av det om vi inte hade varit med på det tåget. För, För att, att utvecklingen går mot det att det läggs fler och fler blockbud och hamnar man utanför det så blir det svårare att hitta band. Men kan festivalen växa ännu mer? Nu har ni, är det 3000 fler ni kunde ta in i år? Ja, det blir, vi har ju inte en exakt siffra ännu. Vi har ju sålt 35 000 biljetter per dag. Sen så tillkommer ju akkrediterade och barn ovanpå det. Men de ja. siffrorna har vi inte ännu. Men kan den växa ännu mer nej, än så? Nej, jag tror att det här är absolut max faktiskt. Så vi kanske såg toppen där på Iron Maiden? I, ja, sen får vi se om vi kan göra av den här storleken en gång till. Det får vi se. Men vi kan nog inte växa från detta. Det tror jag inte. Vad har ni för planer för 2019 då? Och ännu mer långsiktigt? <laughs> eh, bandmässigt så kan jag inte berätta någonting såklart. Eh, oh, typiskt. Jag kan säga det sen när vi har stängt av. <laughs> Nej, det kan jag inte heller göra. Eh, men däremot så kommer vi utvärdera den här festivalen som vi gör nu. Och mm. sen så kommer vi försöka skruva på diverse detaljer här som inte är hundraprocentiga så ska vi göra detta ännu bättre nästa år. Finns det några planer? Kommer det bli fler scener eller någonting, någonting som ni gör annorlunda så att för publiken? Vi får ju se. Vi brukar ju sammanfatta allting innan vi går på semester och sen så träffas vi efter semestern där i början på augusti och sen så har vi en tre dagars konferens och verkligen sitter och går igenom alla aspekter av eh, årets festival och funderar på vad vi kan göra bättre till nästa år. Eh, så vi får se men jag tror inte att vi kommer ha fler eller färre scener. Det är nog ganska bra som det är. Mm. Däremot kanske man får se över schemaläggning till viss del och ja, en del andra praktiska Tweaka saker. Lite, ja men precis. Ja. Om den 14-åriga Martin hade fått veta att det här skulle vara hans jobb mm. och ett väldigt lukrativt jobb får man väl också säga. Men framförallt ett fantastiskt roligt jobb. Vad tror du han hade sagt då? Jag faktiskt funderar på det. Det hade varit jävligt roligt att sätta sig i en tidsmaskin. Ja. Eh. När man satt där med så här ryggtavna med sabbat ja. eller någonting. Iron Maiden på originalkassettbandet ja. och sådär. Eh. Ja, nej. Det är... Jag vet inte. Jag hade ju inte trott på liksom. Kunde du i din bilda Nej men det var ganska bizarrt faktiskt att se Maiden komma förbi här och lira lite på jobbet. Ja precis. Du kommer inte undan vårt fasta inslag för det gör vi med alla våra gäster. Och det är skämslåten. Det är en låt som man gillar lite i smyg men som ens kompisar och sådär. Inte då skulle säga, va? Gillar du den där? Okej. Så att något som är lite skämsigt, det kan vara något som man gillar sedan man var liten eller kanske något som man, en konstig reklamgingel som har fastnat i huvudet eller något som man lyssnar på när man är helt utarbetad och har tagit det där fjärde glasvinet som man inte borde ha tagit innan man går och lägger sig och så kommer man på att man ska leta fram något på Spotify. Okej, okay. ja. det finns väl rätt mycket sånt, ja. inte det? det beror på lite situationen också. Men något som är kanske man tänker sig, ja men vice vd för Swinrock Festival, han sitter ju bara och lyssnar på... 
möjligtvis någon dödsmetall eller någonting sådär. Men finns det något som du letar fram? Kanske Barry Manilow eller <laughs> någonting sånt? Någon gammal 60-talslager? Ja... The Osmonds har en låt som heter Crazy Horses men den är ganska rock and roll. Den är skithård, precis. Bra att du har koll på läget. <laughs> jag vet inte, jag lyssnade på ganska mycket ostig power metal när jag var runt 20 sådär. Som man kanske inte tycker är skitfräsig nu egentligen men som man ändå kan lyssna på ibland av nostalgiska skäl. Det här är ju rockbarom. Vi börjar ju i botten och gräver oss ner så att vi nöjer oss med det svaret. <laughs> okay, ja, det Tack så hemskt mycket. <laughs> Tack själv. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.